Okay, this is the first Peaceful Respite podcast, and the date is November 25th, 2015. I'm your host, Brett Chalupa, and I want to kick things off with a little introduction to what Peaceful Respite is, the goals of the podcast, the structure of the show, and then get into it. So Peaceful Respite is a new website, YouTube channel, and Twitter account that I am running. It its goal is to focus primarily on Japanese and Japanese-inspired video games. I really enjoy and primarily play Japanese and Japanese-inspired video games, and I want to share that enjoyment with other people. So that is the goal of it. I'm going to be creating videos, sharing links on Twitter and various content that I find interesting, and writing reviews. There are other ideas I have for smaller series and exploration videos and also this podcast. So yeah, I just want to create interesting content surrounding Japanese video games and keep up with the latest releases as well as look into the older, more classic and maybe underlooked releases. A key aspect of it is everything is going to be free and there will be no ads. I want to do this as a fun passion project and I'm not looking to make money or do anything, you know, related to that. So everything is free and licensed under a Creative Commons license that's very permissive. So yeah, that's just what I believe in, and I wanna I wanna do that with the work that I do. Another aspect of peaceful respite as a whole is I want it to be focused on positivity. Now that doesn't mean there won't be criticisms, but I don't want to be cynical, and I wanna enjoy the aspects of this hobby and, you know, this, this medium that I really enjoy. So that being said, this podcast is going to be weekly at the very least. So I'll release a new episode right now. It's just me. I would love to have other guests and I'd love to do interviews and talk to other people, but for the start, it'll just be me. And I'm going to do a show a week and talk about a few different things. The first is games that I've been playing, my thoughts on them, what I've been enjoying, what's been frustrating, what what I think of it. The next portion will be news, so just a news roundup of what's going on in the world of Japanese games, whether it's new announcements, new releases, things of that nature. And then just in closing, I'll give a quick update on site content and... That's really it. I hope the podcasts are a half hour or less, but I guess I don't really know how long they'll be until I do them. And with that being said, let's get started. So the games that I've been playing over the past week have been Galaxy, The Dimensional, and I've been playing that on my Mac book, and I've really been enjoying it. It took me a little bit to get used to the controls and the way the game handles, which I think is challenging. It does take time. It's not... It's not within the first 10 minutes you really get the feel for it. It's within the first hour to really get a grasp of how the game controls. But once you get control, once you feel like you have a good control over it, playing it feels so smooth. And so what Galaxy is is this top-down, roguelike, meaning that you don't upgrade your ship progressively throughout the entire game. Your upgrades only last for an entire run. And a run in this game is called a season. And a season has five missions. So it's this top-down space shooter that you 
basically fight other enemies and are on a mission to, you know, progress through the story, progress through the plot, and, and fight these enemies. It has super heavy anime inspirations, right? So from the way the characters are designed to the way the ship transforms into this mech, it's very Robotech, Macross, Gundam-like, which I, I really like. I'm a really big fan of those series, and when I was younger and still do enjoy those series and that kind of aesthetic and yeah I think Galaxy super super nails it and does it really well and the most important thing to me is the gameplay right and the gameplay is so tight it I don't know it's it's hard to describe but it's you'll be just enjoying kind of flying through space and there's something pleasant even just to the regular movement and then all of a sudden you'll come across some enemies and the enemies have really good AI where the way they behave is, you know, you can learn it, but then once you get into combat and the enemies are mixing together, it's just this really, I don't know, it feels unlike a lot of other games I've played. So you get into this kind of dogfight, and it's really intense, and your heart just starts pounding, and you're trying to survive and not take any hits, because when you take hits from enemies, so first off, you have... Shields. Your shields recharge. So when your shields are gone, then you can start losing health. And your health, you have a finite amount. You only have four, usually. And if you lose it, you don't automatically regain your health. You either have to buy upgrades or finish the season. So it's really... Health is a very precious thing in the game. So anyways, you get in these dogfights, and you're just trying not to lose any health. And, you know, there's different factions in the game. There's these raiders. There's... The Empire, there's these bugs, and they'll all combat. So it's not like they're all out to get you. I mean, they all are out to get you, but they'll combat each other, and there's something to that dynamic that is really fun to see play out. And, yeah, I've just been really, really enjoying Galaxy. I think it's a very difficult game. I'm almost done with Season 2, and there's five seasons total. And I'll see how it keeps going. I want to I finish it and keep on going with it. The next game that I played is the prototype for a game that's being crowdfunded called Indivisible. Indivisible is by Lab Zero, who did Skullgirls. And while it's not necessarily a game from Japan, it is so Japanese-inspired in the best ways. And that the combat feels a lot like, I think it's Valkyrie Profile? I played this game on the PSP, and it's a side-scroller. And you, you fight with the face buttons, and yeah, I think it was Valkyrie Profile. And so this game is very similar to that, where it's a 2D RPG, and the art and animation is beautiful. You explore, and then you get into fights, and fights are just within the same world. So it doesn't, like, load in the fight. It's just the characters come in, and then you fight, and you have four different characters. And your playable characters map to different face buttons. So on a PS4 controller, it would be X, Circle, Triangle, and Square. And each of those represent your character. And the prototype is really impressive because the game's not done, right? The prototype is just to give people a feel for the game and potentially what they're going for and introduce some of the characters. And yeah, it just does a really good job. It's free and worth checking out. I... Oh, also it's an RPG, so I didn't mention that, right? So it's an RPG, and if the game gets funded and if it, you know, gets released, I'm sure it'll have more RPG-like mechanics, but... You could see there's this already like these concepts of leveling up and and different equipment. So yeah, it's it's a 
seems like a really cool game, and their crowdfunding effort is to raise a million five hundred thousand dollars. And last I checked, they were just over a little over a million one hundred thousand. So really close. A few days left. I ended up backing it. I really like the aesthetics, and I think the way they handled the prototype was super awesome. It feels really legitimate, and I, you know, have faith that they would get it done if they back it. So if you're interested, I go to support-indivisible.com. I'm pretty sure that's the website, and that'll, you know, you can check out the prototype there, play it for yourself, and check out the project. But yeah, I thought it was really a really impressive prototype, and excited to see what comes. And the last thing I've been playing is the first Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation One. I've been playing it on the PS Vita, and I have had a difficult time playing it, even though I really like the charm and various aspects of it. I can see why it was such an important release when it first came out and how monumental it was, because I have that perspective, right? I played games then, I just didn't have a PS1, I didn't play that game, but I remember what games were like during that era, and people are super, super fond of that metal, the first Metal Gear Solid, so I thought I'd give it a shot, and so yeah, I've been playing it, and I just have trouble with the controls and figuring out like almost like what I'm supposed to do that um, when you're kind of sneaking or you know quote unquote sneaking. It feels like you're just looking at the radar, which honestly isn't much fun compared to how the sneaking has progressed over the series, at least in the later entries that I've played. So a little more history is I've played four, I've played Ground Zeroes which is the prequel to The Phantom Pain, and I've played 10 hours of The Phantom Pain. And that's pretty much my experience with this series. I've also played Rising. I've probably played about five hours of Rising. And that's been my experience. So it's all been more modern experience with the series. So going back has been difficult, but I still want to keep playing through it. I'm really enjoying the kind of cheesy voice acting. And there's still these cinemagraphic? I don't know if that's the right word. This cinematography to the cutscenes. And the way that those are shot and the way, like, things cut, like, yeah, it's really, it has a style that you can see progresses in in the series through the different entries. So, yeah, I'm going to keep playing Metal Gear Solid 1 and see how that goes. I want to really play through that whole series and have that context to it. So, I'm going to keep on going. The next section is news. And yeah, I just want to go over some of the news that I saw this week that was exciting or felt somewhat, you know, monumental or worth mentioning. So yeah, maybe this section will be called Worth Mentioning. The first one is Valkyria Chronicles 1 is getting a PlayStation 4 remaster. So Valkyria Chronicles is a strategy RPG series. It was released first on PS3. The second one was released on the PSP. Both of those were released in North America. And the third one was PSP, and that was only released in Japan, so we never got that release. But it looked really cool. I, I wish we got it, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't, doesn't work out, and that's okay. The series kind of has this cel-shaded, cartoony, not cartoony, it's like more mature, I don't know, it's really tasteful, the designs. And it's a third-person game, and they're set in a kind of more historical setting where there's tanks and almost like bolt action guns and 
Yeah, in a lot of ways, it feels like a progression of a Fire Emblem or Advanced Wars where you're managing your units and combating the enemy and, and working with movement. So I played the first one on the PS3. I think that came out in maybe 2008. Like, it was a more earlier release for the PS3. Like, I remember it doesn't have trophies. So it was pre-trophies. I played that, didn't finish it, but really enjoyed it. The first one. The second one I played on the PSP a bunch. Don't think I finished that either, but I played a bunch of it and and really enjoyed it. And yeah, so it just got announced that they're going to remaster the PS4, remaster the first one for the PS4, which is really exciting. The game the game is really gorgeous, and I think it would look even better running, you know, at 1080p because of the original release only ran at 720. Also worth noting that the game is on Steam, so if you have a PC and you want to play it, it's really easy to get, and usually there's good prices and. Uh, it's a disc-only PS3 release, so if you want to go back and play it, you have to get the disc. Still available, though, new, so pretty easy to get your hands on. But yeah, I don't know. I think a PS4 remaster is good. It maybe can get more people to play the game and hopefully improve the visuals, which is always a good thing. There's no word on it being released in the West. But yeah, I sure hope it does, and that would be that would be great. I'm pretty sure it's a Sega, Sega game, so yeah, we'll see what happens. And so that news of the Valkyria Chronicles 1 remaster came piggybacked with the news of a new Valkyria game. So it's not in the Chronicles lineage. It's called Valkyria Azure Revolution. So Azure like the color. And there was a teaser trailer with some, you know, character running and kind of introduced the setting. It's not set in the same time frame as the Valkyria Chronicles series. And I think the only other thing I read about it that came out, and there's more to it. The only thing I really remember is there's going to be permadeath with characters. So similar to Fire Emblem, where if a character dies, it doesn't. They don't revive at the end of their, at the end of that uh, combat kind of fight. So yeah, I'm looking forward to learning more about that as it comes out. And again, hopefully we get that. No word on that being released in North America or the West. Next news, which I thought was just a little tidbit, is Dragon Quest Heroes, which is the kind of Dynasty Warriors with Dragon Quest setting characters, is getting released on the PC and Steam on December 3rd. So that that's always a good thing. I think when games come out on Steam, especially Japanese games, it's a really awesome audience of people that I think buy and enjoy those games. Also, Steam usually has a really good sales, so... It's a good way to pick up games that maybe you missed or want to wait on. So, yeah, if you're interested in Dragon Quest Heroes, I suggest checking it out when it comes out in a, about a week. Next piece of news is Gravity Rush, which is, I think it's been known that it's getting a PS4 HD remaster or kind of port to PS4, is getting a physical release. So people who want to purchase their games physically can get Gravity Rush. So if you're into Gravity Rush and want to play that in HD and own it physically, you can now. And I think it was almost leaked or accidentally put on Amazon and then got confirmed. So that's always a fun way to learn things. I love Gravity Rush on the Vita. I think it has this awesome aesthetic and the way the story is presented through kind of comic book pains and the the setting and the characters everything about that game just has great presentation and then the combat and the the flying and movement throughout the world also i thought worked really well 
And I think it'll be even better with kind of out the gimmicks of the Vita. So, yeah. Gravity Rush on PS4 physical. PS2 is getting PS4. Nope, that's backwards. PS2 emulation is coming to the PS4, or so it seems. So with the recent release of Star Wars Battlefront, the next-gen version, if you ordered the like limited edition of it, it came with digital PS2 games that you can redeem codes for and play. And so Digital Foundry, which is a website that analyzes performance of games and how they run, determined that those were being emulated. So they kind of raised this question of, okay, if these games are being emulated and not ported, does that mean that PS2 emulation is coming to the PS4? And it seems like that is the case. So maybe, this is just speculation, maybe something at PlayStation Experience, which is in December, maybe something will get announced there. I think PS2 emulation on the PS4 is exciting. I think it's always a good thing if you can go and play your older games on a newer system, right? That level of backwards compatibility is a a positive thing, and I hope the PS2 games you could buy for the PS3 can also be played on the PS4, and I hope they just have a larger catalog. If they had an extensive PS2 catalog which has just a ton of great games, then it's, you know, the PS4 becomes this powerhouse of a system, I think, in a lot of ways, where you could play, if, if they added it, PS1 backwards compatibility, PS2 backwards compatibility, and, you know, that that makes for a really, really solid system. So hopefully that goes well and gets announced. And, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. The two other things I want to mention are, are fairly minor, and that's a Bloodborne DLC got released. And it's the only DLC coming out. There was initially planned to be more, but they condensed it to do it just as one release. And it's a $20 DLC called The Old Hunters. And I watched some videos of it. I haven't played it yet. But it looks really great. It just seems like it takes Bloodborne and just adds more great stuff to it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. And the only other thing I want to mention is a NeoGAF post that is from a former XSeed employee. And XSeed is a publisher and localizer of video games. Talks about the costs associated with actually localizing a game. And I thought this was really interesting because... When someone says, oh yeah, we got to translate this Japanese game into English, translation is only one aspect of it, right? Whether it's the text or the, you know, audio and then re-recording the audio, but there's a lot more to it in terms of, and that's what this post outlines, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes, is you have to pay to license the development time to make adjustments, to make changes. You have to handle the translation and editing, which... You want a smaller team, so it's a more cohesive localization, which that makes sense. Like it's not a kind of it's not the kind of thing where you can just throw bodies at it and say, hey, have ten people work on this and get it done in half the time as five people, but then you have this kind of disjointed translation and inconsistencies. Then you have to record the voice acting, which has all these different roles involved and then you have to get it rated by the different rating systems like the ESRB. Then you have to QA it and then you have to submit it and then you have to market it. And yeah, I think that kind of kind of inside baseball, people who work in the industry talking about what it actually takes to do something gives a lot more perspective to what it means to release a game in the West and translate it into different languages. And when when 
and like I even said it, you know, here is, oh, I hope this game comes to the West. And then when games don't, people can get upset or frustrated or really want those games to be released. And it always helps to get that perspective of, wow, the amount of effort and energy and time that has to go into this thing is incredible. And if it's really niche or challenging or has a ton of text or a lot of voiceover, it just helps give more perspective to that kind of aspect of games being released. And I I really like that perspective. So yeah, that post is by a user called H Protagonist. And yeah, check the show notes if you're interested in reading it. So in closing, I want to say the first Peaceful Respite video is live. It's a new series called Quick Save, where I play a game and give an overview of it. Hopefully it's less than an hour, usually like 30 minutes or less. And yeah, very inspired by Giant Bomb's Quick Looks, and Polygon does these series called Overviews, and I just wanted to do something similar to that, but just focused on Japanese and Japanese-inspired games. And the first one is up of Galaxy, the Dimensional. So I mentioned that I've been playing that, and yeah, I did my first first video on it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. I'm also working on a few other quick save videos, specifically one of that indivisible prototype. I'm working on one of a game called Undertale, and the kind of larger piece that I'm working on is a list of my favorite or the best Japanese games that you can play on Mac OS X. So I am a Mac user and have been for a long while, and there's usually a a distinct lack of Japanese releases on Mac. But there are a few, right? There's these handful, and I think they're all actually really good games, so I want to share those with people and just help get the word out about you know, the good games that are out on Mac OS X. So that, that'll be coming soon as video and text, and hopefully folks enjoy that. With that being said, that is the first episode of the Peaceful Respite Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you have any, any questions or any feedback or want to keep up with what's going on, you can check out Peaceful Respite on Twitter. That's P-E-A-C-E-R-E-S-P-I-T-E. And you can go to PeacefulRespite.com. And that's that's pretty much it. You can check us out on YouTube as well. And yeah, if you like the show, let me know. And I'll see you next week. Thank you very much. And happy Thanksgiving. Bye.